is pressed like a button, at a certain point, there's a release. If that button was depressed, then it is pressed without release to where depressed is only describing the act of pushing it down. If you are the button, what situations or even traumas in your life are pushing you down? I used to sneak into my parents' room to take my mother's sleeping pills. I was tired of feeling the the enormous amount of pain from the people that I felt hurt by, so I wanted to be forced to sleep. I would cut myself on my wrists and arm. Not bad enough for you to question it or really even notice it, but just enough to draw blood and cause a pain to snuff out the emotional pain. I would cry myself to sleep many nights, panicking because I didn't know how to make the pain stop and dreading another day to face the world that seemed to reject me. I was always too skinny, ball-headed, big ears, big eyes, hair is too nappy, I'm annoying, stupid, slow, weird, used, isolated, confused, shamed, unworthy, unwanted, unlovable, not good enough, goody two-shoes, and a big mouth. This is what I felt on a daily basis, and these are the things I continue to lay at rest. I hated myself. I hated the person everyone saw, and I wore myself out trying to change their mind about me. And something called people-pleasing. When you hear those things repeatedly, and if they are left uncorrected, you believe them. I believed them, and to be honest, I still believe some of those things today. You know, in order for the button to be released, you must lift off the weight or the pressure pushing it down. But you must realize the one holding it down is you. Give it to someone that can actually handle that trauma. Give it to someone that is much bigger than your problems. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about God. If you are like me and have muscle rigidity or stiffness to where you just can't seem to let it go because you're just stuck there, guess what? God only asks for a mustard seed of your faith. Give him your last and watch him work. What does giving your last look like? Let me read a scripture for you. Mark chapter 12 verses 41 through 43. It's about a woman. She was a widow, and it reads, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in these dark places, I feel like I'm giving everything that I can to even wake up in the morning and to put clothes on or to brush my teeth and sometimes giving my all is just me showing up at church. I may not be singing. I may want to sit down when they said stand up. 
But baby, that was all I could bring to the table that day. And I don't want you to feel ashamed that that's all you could do. Don't let anyone shame you because that was all you were able to bring to the table. Because God sees you. And he knows your heart. And he knows that you're doing all that you can. But the thing is, you got to bring it to him and let him work. And lastly, you got to let people love you. You got to let people help you. Start by saying you're not okay when people ask you how you're doing. Tell the truth. Nobody said tell your life story in that moment, but you got to tell the truth. I started doing that because now people know they need to be praying for me. I need everybody in my corner right now because I am not even in my corner. I'm lost, I'm hurt, I'm defeated. And I need other people's strength to help pull me up, pull me out, because I don't want to stay here. And every time you lie, every time you say you're okay, or you just refuse help, is pretty equivalent to you being stranded in the middle of nowhere out at sea. And the boat comes by, throws you a lifesaver, and you refuse to take it. No, I'm good. I got it. Meanwhile, you're drowning. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to not have it. Just let it go. And an example of that that I can give you is, I believe I was in third grade. Third or fourth grade, I can't remember exactly. But we were doing an art project together in class. And the teacher, you could tell she was a bit just on edge because she was yelling about everything that day. Was just really noisy everyone was talking and loud and she would yell out instructions on what to do next over all these voices and I would ask my friend sitting next to me wait what did she say what are we doing and she'll help me but then the teacher started to yell and scream at everyone because everyone's loud and they're talking so now there's a punishment if you talk right so She says something else, but I'm just so disturbed in my mind because I'm panicking that I can't keep up and I'm lost and I'm looking at my friend again and I'm trying to peek since we can't talk. Now I'm trying to peek and see what we're doing next. And she decided to cover her paper. Okay, we just gluing pieces of things. We're not even taking a test. We gluing shapes together and you're going to cover your paper. Okay, let me come back. So now I'm panicking because I don't know what to do and my friend is no longer helping me. So the teacher makes it her way around the room to my desk and she straight up yelled at me and shamed me in front of the entire classroom because I was behind, I'm not listening, I'm not following instructions, I'm talking without permission because I guess she saw me kind of looking and trying to whisper or nudge my friend next door for help and she just I don't even remember anything else she said but I know she was going and going and at that point I didn't I was trying not to cry and I just try to keep myself together and she ripped stuff off of my paper and glued it the right way and she was just slamming stuff on my desk to get me caught up so that was my experience and it was so embarrassing because I looked across the room and people are like literally with their cheeks puffed out trying to hold in a laugh but that was these are the traumas and the experiences that I'm talking about 
the buttons that are depressed that have never been released. But long story short, that teacher did apologize to me during a teacher conference to me and my parents. But I, you know, I still feel extremely hurt and embarrassed. You can't take that away. And the thing is, I decided in that moment that I'm going to keep that button pressed. Yeah, you apologize, but I still want this button pressed because that ain't good enough. Sound familiar? That is what I mean when I say you are the one holding the button down. You're the one who have the power, who can take the power that you are giving a situation that deserves nothing more. It's it's living in your in your mind and in your heart rent-free, taking up too much space and causing too much strife in your life just because you choose to know to not let go of the situation. And I needed to heal and I needed to deal. So what I did was, when I think about that situation, I journaled it out. I wrote what happened. I acknowledged how I felt and what happened as a result at the end. But then I decided to look at it in the light of, you know what? I didn't hear this teacher. It was too noisy. This teacher took her anger out on me when she probably was going through something at her home. I don't know what was going on outside of school, but it had nothing to do with me. And I'm not going to know. I'm no longer taking ownership of that. I'm letting that go. I got enough problems of my own to be trying to take on problems of hers from 29 years ago. It ain't even 29 because I'm, I'm not a one-year-old in third grade. So forgive my math. But I'm no longer going to carry this pain that I am not, I can't entitle myself to something that doesn't even belong to me. That belongs to her. She can have that. And I forgive her. has been released Joel 2 Joel chapter 2 verse 12 through 13 just reminds me of how God don't expect you to be put together to come to him it's even in those moments he's like come to me even now let me read that scripture to you he says even now declares the Lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. God is ready to just love up on you in these moments. That widow had nothing to give and gave her last few copper coins. It's even now that woman decided that she was going to come to God with everything she had that's what that looks like for us when when we're in those places where we just feel disconnected far removed unloved unwanted rejected fill in the blank god is like i got you let him soothe you let him heal you and it can be through people that means a therapist may be a good option for you god anoints a certain people like that with that skill set to be to have the ability to listen and to give you the tools you need to stop holding that button down and to free yourself and to get the help you need so that you can be your best self for your family, your husband, your kids, for work, for you, so you can show up for you. And that help may be your therapist, that help may be your sister, your best friend, whoever, but get the help that you need so that you can continue to be who God has created you to be. I combat that with 
with who God says I am because those things were replayed and ruminating in my mind for so many years to where like I said I believed them I believed that I was stupid and that I couldn't catch up and I was slow and that's not true at all Psalm 139 verse 13 through 14 for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Acknowledge that pain, heal from it, but now replace that void that you have from that hurt, that pain, with what God says and who he says you are. To make sure that you understand who you are in God's eyes, you gotta restructure the way your mind was wired for so long because we have lived our life in that light and now it's time to correct what we think and what we believe so that we can love ourselves better and that we can set boundaries for ourselves so that other people can know what where what lines they can't cross with you so you got to protect yourself you got to be gentle with yourself you got to love yourself God says you are. You can do that. And I hope this is encouraging for you. This was something that was dear to my heart. And I just know that God put it on my heart tonight to share that with you. For those who are struggling and battling with depression or just different things in their life that they have experienced. And they feel it's just so hard to let it go. 